Five-year forward plan has, I think, at its heart two purposes. Firstly, to shift care from the acute sector into primary care. And secondly, to shift care from primary care to the patient. And it's the latter one I will be focusing most on when I talk about Bromley-by-Bow, Tower Hamlets, but specifically social prescribing. It also, by the way, acknowledges for the first time that the Royal London Hospital in Tower Hamlets, where I come from, might have 675 beds, but as a GP community, we have 300,000 beds. That's a much bigger task, isn't it? And yet, as Maureen mentioned earlier on, we still only have something like 8% of the funding. It also acknowledges for the first time that the direction of travel over the years, which was towards specialisation, actually I don't call them specialists anymore, I call them partialists, is now towards generalists, which is you. In fact, actually, you talk to any politician of any party or any policymaker, they talk about primary care as plan A, plan B, plan C. So what I wanted to do was give you a brief introduction to Tower Hamlets and then tell you what we're doing on social prescribing. And also, as chair of Tower Hamlets CCG, how, at a cost of £1 per patient, you could make this happen in any health economy. So first of all, this is Tower Hamlets. Yes, it's the Olympic site, it's Canary Wharf, it's the Olympic Stadium, but also it's an area of high deprivation and poverty. Because we share all our data across Tower Hamlets and the East End of London, million population, EMIS thing, we produce fantastic dashboards. But we're able not just to show that is 11-year life expectancy between rich and poor, but worse than that, a 55-year-old in Tower Hamlets is a 75-year-old elsewhere. And I would ask you to think about that in all your communities, because we're all going to die eventually. Actually, to me, it's the quality of life that matters most of all. And guess what? The changes we need in quality and length of life is not going to come from genomes, drugs, or any of the normal things we do as GPs in the health service. It is going to come from lifestyle changes, social prescribing, and shifting care into the community. It's why one of the things we've done in Tower Hamlets, despite the deprivation and challenges, is to get the best blood pressure and cholesterol control in the country with patients with diabetes and heart disease, with early evidence reduction in stroke, myocardial infarction, and complications of diabetes by intervening much earlier in the journey. But a typical five-year-old in Tower Hamlets is 50% of them vitamin D deficiency, 50% of them dental caries, cognitive development 10% below the national average, obesity levels 11% doubled by the age of 11. You get the picture, don't you? You get the seriousness of the situation. And guess what? Actually, one of our biggest problems is chicken shops. Mile End Road in Tower Hamlets, known as Chicken Shop Mile, 42 chicken shops per secondary school in Tower Hamlets. And I jest not when I say McDonald's is the healthy end of the market, and that's what I recommend to my patients. So social determinants of health. When I was at medical school, we were taught about what matters. What's the matter with patients, okay? That's what we were taught. It's still being taught, isn't it, actually? But what the social determinants of health is something, a change of words, but a big significant shift. It's what matters to patients. If you ever hear Professor Marmot, he will tell you that only 30% of health and well-being is managed by us in the NHS. The social determinants of health 
are critically important to people's health and well-being and often much more important. And what do I mean by that? I mean people's jobs, education, uh, their environment and their creativity. I remember a patient years ago saying to me when I wisely suggested they, uh, that I referred them to a social worker and they said in true East End fashion, Sam, I don't need a effing social worker, I need a social worker's wage. And that's what social prescribing is all about. And if you came to Bromley by Boat and you're very welcome to come because we have courses there every month, you will taste some of the 100 projects under one roof. You will learn what we've done, where it went well, where it went badly. Uh, but most importantly, hopefully, you'll go back and do something different. A friend of mine, a GP in Leicester, has got a police station in their waiting room, reduced the crime rate to 20% of what it was, has people queuing up to go on the housing estate. Just think what she's done for the health of that community. So we are a slightly unusual practice. Just to tell you briefly about that, uh, we have a partnership of 10. Actually, the director of the charity, who's not a doctor, is also a partner of the practice. One of the practice nurses is a full profit-sharing partner of the practice. She earns the same as me. Slightly different practice. And the chair of the partnership is deputy director of the charity. So a lot of intermingling, a lot of sharing of space, a lot of sharing of ideas. This is how you make things work. It's through relationships and leadership, as one of the early speakers clearly talked about. And of course, your team is quite critical. And I thought I'd show you this picture because they were raising money for cancer. One of our social prescribing projects is with the Macmillan service. And here in this team, there's that practice nurse, full profit sharing partner. There's the nurse practitioner who knows and visits all the patients with terminal illness, who are housebound, who have complex care. And I am on call on Mondays and Fridays, the worst slot. It's unusual in the practice of 11,000 patients for me to have a home visit. There's a message there, isn't there, about managing things in a very different way. And yes, we have pharmacists that work in the practice, healthcare assistants, phlebotomist, a whole raft of different people. And we have doctors who do things in a very different way. This is Rosie, one of our doctors, and she's running a project with young kids with eczema. It's called Eczemasaurus. So we, she got them to all draw pictures of dinosaurs, but in the process, of course, learned how to manage their <laughs> eczema. And why shouldn't every kid be able to do that? One of our nurses is a nurse artist, done an art and asthma course. Ten-year-old comes into me and says, Sam, my peak flow's gone down 50, need to step up my treatment, please prescribe me this. And why shouldn't that be the norm? These are the sorts of things that happen when you share space and you start focusing on the wider social determinants of health. On the desktop of every general practice in our area, in our confederation, that's six general practices, you will see a referral form along with a two-week referral form. You can tick the box, frequent attender, depressed, lonely, needs legal advice, needs employment advice, or you can just write at the bottom as a GP, help. This then goes to the social prescribing team, and the social prescribing team will meet the person for about an hour over coffee at the Bromley by Bow Centre and have a conversation with them about what matters to them and potentially connect them to 1,500 voluntary sector organisations in Tower Hamlets. The doctors love it. Even if you are a biomedical doctor, help is at hand one click away. The patients love it because it's about what matters to them. And guess what? I often tick the wrong box because by the time they've got to the social prescribing team, actually, far greater focus on what matters to them. That's okay.
The voluntary sector absolutely love it because they don't need to market their wares. As GPs, just imagine all the leaflets you get and you're know, supposed to remember all the options. You know, you get told about something, 10 minutes later you've got it. You don't need to think. You don't need to worry about that. And the voluntary sector adore it because they don't need to market their wares anymore. And as a CCG chair, I love it because anything that diverts a patient from the NHS has to be good value for money. And we are now about to put this into every practice in Tower Hamlets at a cost of a pound per patient. I shouldn't say this, but my finance director calls that back pocket money. It's back pocket money because it's worth every single penny, not just in what it delivers, but actually the financial case absolutely stacks up. I wanted to end here and just say, so what's our vision and ethos? What's this all about? How do we describe ourselves? Good general practice, great outcomes? No, it's as simple as compassion, friendship, having fun, and assuming it's possible.